to May 3, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner. Glad you could be with us today on Main Menu. It's always nice to have you here with us. Whether you are a first-time listener or a returning listener, we are always pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu. Well, as you may know, if you've been around for a while, we usually have, in the past, had a weekly tech update. But for the last several weeks, we have not had a tech update because we've simply had so much content to try to get into each program that we just didn't have time to get in a tech update. Well, this week we have a little extra time, and Chase Crispin is back with his tech update this week, and he will be telling us about a few new things that have happened just recently in the assistive technology field, some new releases of software and so forth. That's followed by Jeremy Curry from GW Micro. Jeremy will be doing talking about and doing a demo of two talking CCTVs that GW Micro is now selling. He'll be showing you a little bit about those and how they work. And then we follow that with my interview with Jeremy and we talk some more about those CCTVs and the features and which one might work best for you depending on, on what you're looking for and what the particular model does and how those features might fit in with what you need to do. That then is followed by uh, our first of two interviews from CSUN. Again, compliments of Saratech and uh, Saratalk Podcast Network. And the first one is a interview with the folks from AI Squared, and they talk about Zoom Text 10 and give you a little update on what's going with Zoom Text 10. Again, this was from the CSUN conference back the first part of March. And then the second interview is an interview with the folks from Lotel, the people who are making a number of accessible apps for blind, visually impaired iPhone, iPad, and iTouch users. And they will be talking about a number of their apps and how they work and so forth. That then is followed up by David Woodbridge from Vision Australia. And David is going to be talking to us about how to make speed dial calls on your iPhone. And that's all this week on Main Menu. Welcome to Tech Update, a technology news segment heard on ACB Radio's Main Menu and Accessible World's Tech Talk. Hello, Main Menu and Tech Talk. This is Chase Crispin, finally back with the Tech Update for the week of April 23rd, 2012. I apologize for the lack of Tech Updates for the last, I guess it's been a couple of months. I build Tech Update around the schedule of how much time is left in a Main Menu show. Now that we are done with a lot of the things we've been covering for the last month or two on Main Menu, Tech Update should be able to make a regular return as you were used to prior to a couple of months ago. This is going to be a pretty short tech update, but there are a few important news items this week. For those of you who use any Serotech products, including the System Access Screen Reader or the DocuScan Plus OCR software, 
Serotech has now made available two additional voices to be used with any of their products. If you buy them once, they will work with any Serotech product. The two new voices are the Ivona American English female voice Kendra and male voice Joey. These are very clear and responsive human-sounding speech. You can buy any of the Ivona voices, including the two new voices Kendra and Joey, from Serotech for $25 per voice, and when you buy it once, it'll work with all of your Serotech products. You can also go to the My Account section of your Serotech product and get a demo of any of the voices that Serotech offers, including these two new voices. To learn more, log into your Serotech account or visit www.serotek.com. GW Micro has been quite busy lately with a couple of Windowwise updates, which we'll talk about in just a second, but first I would like to touch on the release of the ISCI Lab Solution. For any blind or visually impaired people who are wanting to gain access to scientific equipment for labs and research, as well as tools for data analysis, GW Micro has partnered with a company called Independent Science. This is a bundle of accessible hardware and software that interfaces with Windowwise to allow anyone who is blind or visually impaired to be able to gain access to scientific lab equipment and software for the data analysis of whatever you're working with. This is something that should maybe catch those of you who use this bundle of hardware and software up with sighted people around you who are also doing scientific type things. Pricing information for this solution is not available at this time. You must contact GW Micro directly to obtain the different pieces of hardware and software. If you already have window eyes or the hardware piece of this for the actual experiments, you can get a discount and just buy the parts of hardware and or software that you need. So you will need to contact GW Micro by visiting their website at www.gwmicro.com you can contact them by phone or email to get more information or to order this. This appears like it'll work for anyone who is doing any sort of science inside or outside of a classroom or a lab where you're doing a lot of experiments. There are sensors available from the company that GW Micro has partnered with that will allow you to do other types of data collection, including temperature and force. So if you'd like to know more about what the included hardware does, you will need to contact GW Micro. A lot of this information is not available from their website. GW Micro, as I said just a minute ago, has been very busy with releasing free updates to their very popular Windowwise screen reader. The latest of these updates is Windowwise version 7.5.4.1. This is a very minor release. It includes bug fixes for Braille, Internet Explorer, and a bug that would make Windowwise apps appear untrusted when you first turned on the computer. There are also a few other enhancements. If you are running any version of Windowwise later than version 7.5, you can update to Windowwise 7.5.4.1 for free today. If you're running a previous version, you'll need to contact GW Micro. This version of Windowwise works on any Windows operating system with Windows XP or later. Windows 2000 is no longer supported. To learn more about Windowwise, visit the GW Micro homepage at www.gwmicro.com. There has been a lot of news lately about Firefox, as many of you might know, Firefox and Mozilla, the makers of Firefox, have been releasing updates to the Firefox web browser pretty much every month, and they're going up a version number each time, version 9, 10, 11, 12, etc. For those of you who are still using an older version of Firefox, especially versions beginning with 
3, so for example, version 3.5, Mozilla is starting to force people to upgrade to newer versions of the web browser. If you are running an older version of Firefox for better accessibility or for support with add-ons such as WebVism that solves CAPTCHAs which are rumored not to work as well in new versions of Firefox, this could be a problem. You will be prompted twice to update Firefox and after that Firefox will update itself to the newest version. It is not clear at this time if you have auto-update turned off if this will still happen. However, even if you say no to the Firefox update, it appears that it will still update. If you are using add-ons that do not work with newer versions of Firefox, you should contact the makers of that add-on to make sure that they're getting support for the new versions of Firefox soon, since chances are you will be upgraded. Also, if you have an older version of assistive technology that does not work with newer versions of Firefox, you might want to check into getting upgrades or checking into another assistive technology solution to make sure that you are ready if you do ever happen to be upgraded to the latest version of Firefox. With that bit of news, this will conclude the tech update for May menu and tech talk for the week of april 23rd 2012 i'm chase crispin and again i apologize for not being here with tech update for quite a while as you probably noticed i only covered news from the last week or so i haven't covered all the news because that would be quite a bit but i do hope to be back here with all of you on tech update on a pretty regular basis from here on out with that this concludes this week's tech update see you next week thank you for listening to this week's tech update if you have suggestions for next week's tech update please email chase at acbradio.org Hi, this is Jeremy Curry, Director of Training for GW Micro, and I wanted to tell you about the new talking CCTVs that GW Micro is selling. If you are familiar with CCTV technology, you already are familiar with electronic video magnifiers called these CCTVs. If you're not familiar with them, essentially what they can do is you can put text underneath of the CCTV and you can magnify it so that it shows up on a, a computer screen. And it digitally magnifies it so that people with low vision, suffering from retinal degenerative diseases such as macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, and others can be able to view text on this screen and be able to read text. This technology has been around for many, many, many years, probably close to two decades or even more now. But one of the biggest requests that our customers have had and many low vision customers have had from their CCTV is they've wanted the ability for their CCTV to read to them. Well, you might wonder why they want that to happen. I mean, they could scan things in and use all the various types of technology to be able to do that. But there's a large demand for it. And the reason is sometimes it's just simpler to be able to press a button and have something spoken to you without having to go through all the hassles of scanning and doing those types of things with it. Especially there are lots of people who are using CCTVs who may not even have a computer or don't even want to use a computer. Not too long ago, AI Squared, a software manufacturer of ZoomText, a software magnification program for the PC, put out a survey and they asked of their users who have a CCTV what's the one thing they could have in their CCTV if it could be done? And the number one thing that people requested was that that CCTV actually talk to them. And so GW Micro is finally able to offer this talking CCTV technology. What's really interesting about this talking CCTV is that 
it's not a digitally captured image. Like you've seen capture systems where they take a picture and read them. And, and those are all great. In fact, we sell some of those or scanners that scan something and then they read the text. This is a live image, something that's never been done before. In fact, it's patented technology. In front of me, I actually have one of our two different talking CCTVs. This one is called the Orabis, O-R-A-B-I-S, the Orabis. Orabis is actually a Latin word for speak to me. Now, the Orabis is a really cool device because you can magnify things. I can zoom in. I can zoom out if I wanted to. I can change the brightness. I can change the color scheme. For example, a lot of people who have low vision, like myself, we prefer a white text on a black background. You have the ability to do that if you wanted to. So you can change to all these different colors. You can do everything that you would normally do on a CCTV. What makes this very interesting, though, is this unique talking feature. The two CCTVs we carry are the only ones in the world to actually have this talking CCTV functionality. So I have text on the screen. It's actually a newspaper with a column on it. And in the center of the screen, I have a column selector because if I want to read a particular column, I don't want to read all the way across the newspaper column. That's not going to make sense. So I use this line in the center of the screen to determine which column I want to have read. And I can change that column selector color if I want to. By default, it's red, but you can change it to a number number of different colors and I can turn it on and off so that it's not in the way while I read. So I have it on and I'll show you how quick this is. I'm going to press a button and then the Arabis is instantly going to recognize the text and start reading to me. And while it reads, it'll put a highlight around each word again on a live image. So I'm literally looking at the actual newspaper while each word is highlighted. So if I press this button, pressed it, it's looking and many obstacles. She still makes time to have a holiday open house. She puts out 12 trees in her house and they have an open house for everybody who wants to come, Bowman said. And I pressed the button to pause it. Now, you may have noticed that it seemed to have started in the middle of a sentence. Well, what's interesting about the Arabis is it remembered the last part that I was at when I was reading this column, and it started reading from that point on. So if I move my text up visually on the screen and I press this button again to start reading. Come, Bowman said. She said having the open house led to many people telling her daughter that she should start writing. I press that button again to stop. It remembered where it was so that it could continue reading. So if you have to move the column up to make it visible, you can just press the button again. This is by far one of the most fascinating technologies to me that's come along because this is something I've personally wanted for a very, very long time. And it makes fatigue much, much less because you don't necessarily have to read every single word. You can just kind of follow the text block along. It's easier for the eyes to be able to see something much larger, follow it along, and let the audio be processed by your brain to be able to continue to follow along. You can adjust the speed, you can adjust the volume, and if you want, you can plug in headphones. Additionally, something that's more interesting about the Arabis is that it doesn't just speak English, it speaks over 20 different languages. So I can actually go into a menu and determine if I want German, do I want French, do I want Russian, all these different languages. So if I am learning Spanish in a college setting, or in a high school setting. I can actually have it speak Spanish. Now, it's not going to translate English into Spanish, but it'll actually read Spanish text. I can also switch on the fly. Or I have this set to a male voice. I could change it to a female voice. English Daniel. 
English too. So you can hear these different voices. And now if I were to press my button, it would start reading with that voice. Should start writing. Everybody says she should write a book and she did. Bowman said. And I just paused it there again. A really fascinating, quick, and very easy to use device. Literally, you just press a button. That's all there is to it. You have no computer. It's a standalone system. It's all integrated. There's no PC connected. You turn it on, you find your text, you press a button, and it instantly starts reading it. Pretty darn cool stuff. So this is the Arabis. We also have a unit called the Vocatex Plus. And the Vocatex Plus has all the bells and whistles, anything you could ever imagine in a CCTV. It has all the capabilities that the Arabis has, plus more. It essentially can be customized to about any type of preference that you want. For example, it has a light-up panel on the front of it. If you're light-sensitive like me, you can actually adjust the lights on the front panel to make them dimmer, or you can make them brighter, depending on what you need. Additionally, the Vocatex Plus will speak everything, and I don't happen to have one here in front of me, but if we were changing colors, for example, to white on black, it says white on black, or it'll say blue on yellow. So if you cannot see those colors, you can still hear what they are. The Vocatex Plus will connect to a computer so that you could have full computer screen or full CCTV camera. Additionally, with the Vocatex Plus, it comes at a minimum with a standard 26-inch LG HD television, so it can also be your HD TV if you wanted it. Now, the Arabis is a 22-inch monitor, and it comes only with a 22-inch monitor, but the Vocatex comes with a 26-inch, 32-inch, or 37-inch monitor. It's by far the best picture of any CCTV out there. It's quite amazing. It can be adjusted while it reads. You can adjust the line so you can have a horizontal line following with it. On the Vocatex Plus, you can change all sorts of different features. And we just recently released a new version of the Vocatex Plus that allows the unit to actually follow along with you. So if you move the paper, it recognizes that you move the paper and then picks that up without having to press a button again. It just instantly just starts reading in a highlights the blocks. It's pretty incredible technology. This is something people have wanted for years. It's finally available, and I would definitely encourage you to check it out because it is some very, very awesome stuff that you will not want to miss. So if you're going to CSUN or any of the other shows that we're attending here in the near future, make sure to check it out. You can also check it out online at www.gwmicro.com or call us for more information at 260-489-3671. And I am glad to have Jeremy Curry from GW Micro with me. And you have heard his demonstration of the Arabis and the Vocatech. Uh, yeah, the Vocatech Plus. And Jeremy, you are the director of training for GW Micro, I believe. Yes, yep, that's right. Thanks for having me today, David. And you're going to train us in uh, to understand what these two CCTVs do and uh, what the differences are between them and so that people have a better idea which one might work for them. Maybe uh, the best place to start is we heard a little bit about both of them, and so what are the differences between them? Obviously, both of them are very good units. They, they definitely have their differences. I think for somebody who's looking for just a standalone reading machine, doesn't uh, need or doesn't want the ability to connect to a computer, probably the Arabis is a, a good fit. 
It can even be a good fit to sit beside your computer if you want, but if you want to have the ability to have just one monitor where your computer can be on that screen and your magnified image can also be on that screen, you know, then the Bokatex Plus is probably the better bet. And I kind of wanted to reiterate some of the differences be between the two just to give people a better understanding because these are newer products to the market. They've been in the U.S. for just about a year now, and the new version of the Vocatex Plus we released maybe three weeks ago. So the, the Aravis, again, has a 22-inch screen. It's your standard computer monitor. It's not an HD TV. It's got controls at the bottom of the screen, just like the Vocatex does. But the, the controls do not light up. They, they do not speak either. So if having something spoken to you, if you're very, very low vision, if having those colors speak to you is important, probably the Vocatex Plus is going to be the way to go. Or if you need a larger image, the Vocatex Plus comes in a 26-inch, 32-inch, or 37-inch monitor. That's you know, the, your choice if you want to go bigger than a 22 as well. And some of the other added benefits of the Vocatex Plus are you could have your TV, your computer, and your CCTV all coming through one monitor simply because it's an HD television. So it just kind of depends on the user's preferences. Uh, but those are some of the big differences between the two. There are others such as the... Uh, Arabis doesn't have an XY table because traditionally what most users do with it is they'll turn the magnification to its lowest, press the button, sit back and read along, where they don't have to actually shift that XY table back and forth, mm -hmm. which is really nice because a lot of new users to CCTVs typically have motion sickness, and, and this helps eliminate that. And with the Bokatex Plus, since you can have a 37-inch monitor, it, it's just a really big monitor. Those are some other things to keep in mind. You know, if the XY table is important to you, then uh, maybe the uh, Bokatex Plus is, is the way to go. And additionally, with the Arabis, uh, if you don't want just a standard table, one thing I did not mention in the demonstration is there's also an uh, arm clamp. So you could clamp it to a table and be able to have the uh, Arabis move up and down and wherever you want it just kind of out of the way if you're maybe needed to read a box or something then pull it towards you whenever you need it it's oh okay nice ergonomic design let's say with the arabis first you know how some people will have a, a real problem with finding on a computer well where their cursor is can you set a different color for the highlight let's say you're using white on black then you, can you use some other color for your highlight so you know exactly where it's reading if it would help you follow along um, so in the demonstration i talked about how you can change the color of the um, column selector and it just so happens that whatever color the column selector is actually the highlight changes to that color as well unfortunately right. it's smart enough so that if you had for example a, a black highlight and you had white text on a black background, it's smart enough to know that it needs to switch that column selector and the uh, highlight to white if you switch so that it's in a negative image so that you won't get lost and have to worry about not being able to find some of those things. As I was noting in the demo, the, the default color is red. Well, I have cone dystrophy, and that's probably the uh, most difficult color for me to see. And so I typically change mine to either black if I'm using a positive image, or I'll change it to white if I'm using a negative image. But there are other colors like cyan and blue and just about any, any standard suedo color that you can think of to be able to change it for varying eye conditions. The Vocatex, the magnification is quite a bit larger, isn't it? It is. So the 
the Arabis goes up to about 22x, and the Vocatex Plus, if you're using a 26-inch monitor, goes up to about 64x. If you're using okay. a 37-inch monitor, it goes all the way up to 90x, in case there's something really, really small you need to see. If you were doing things that small, like maybe you were trying to fix some electron piece of electronics or something, other solder or something, that kind of magnification could sure come in handy. Absolutely. And the, the neat thing about it is because of the way the Vocatex Plus is designed, since these are both HD cameras, but the Vocatex Plus has got the best image I've ever seen on a CCTV. And if you zoom it all the way to 90x, it's amazing how clear the picture still is. I've taken a newspaper and zoomed it all the way, and you can see the ink, how it's not actually an edge. I mean, there are little smears that people can't see because mm -hmm. it's, so, it's so tiny, but it's got an incredible picture, so working on circuit boards or things of that nature would be really easy. Could you explain the difference between the reading columns with the Arabis and the Vocatex? So let's suppose that you've got a, a newspaper or a magazine, and obviously both of these have a, a magnification. And so whenever you magnify something, you're not going to get the entire page on the screen. You're going to get a portion of it. It's just the way optics work with magnification. Once you start reading a column with the Arabis, you would start to move it up after it's read and then you would press the button to have it start reading the text that was not previously on the screen. So maybe you move it three times or two times to be able to see everything that's on a column. Then you'd move to the next column and press the button and have it start reading again. The Vocatex Plus with the new technology we just released, it actually senses when you're moving. So let's suppose I start at the top of a newspaper column and it's not all visible on the screen and so I slide that newspaper up a little bit the Vocatex Plus continues reading, recognizes that you move the text, and actually will find the new location and start highlighting words that it's reading that weren't even visible on the screen previously. So you can continue just to slide it up the screen without ever pressing a button. And it knows that it's, it, I kind of chuckle because it's just incredible technology. It knows that it, it's um, moving. And then if you move to the next column, it'll start reading from that column. And what happens is there's a progress bar along the bottom of the screen. And so you can tell how much longer you have until all of the text that's in, I guess we'll call it the buffer, until all that text is read. Or if you slide it up, it'll tell you when the previously recognized text will meet the new recognized text. Oh, okay. And it will also tell you if you slid, for example, the left-hand column off of the a viewable area so that you can't see it anymore. It'll continue reading that, but there will be a progress bar that will indicate that it's still reading that text, but it's not visible on the screen, and then it's going to read the new text that you've put on the screen as soon as it finishes the old text. I would encourage people to go to our um, YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gwmicro, and they'll be able to check out lots of detailed videos that we have up there, or you can just go to our website at gwmicro.com to see these. I want to add too that it does not just have to be a column. You could have a whole book and a book then would be seen as one column because there's not multiple columns. So if you just press the button, it would read left to right all the way through that uh, page. We were looking a, a little bit at the videos on the GW webpage. Are those the same videos as a person would see on YouTube or are those different? Those are some of the ones you would see on YouTube, but not okay. necessarily all of the ones that you would oh, see. Okay. So the the YouTube address would be youtube.com slash 
slash GW Micro. GW Micro, okay. And there are lots of videos up there in regards to the Vocatex Plus, the Arabis, Window Eyes, and, and our other products too. But that's definitely where I would recommend going to make sure you've got all the latest videos because anytime we put a video up, it automatically goes to our YouTube channel. Could a person pretty much learn how to use it from watching the videos? I think they could. I, I think it's actually pretty darn simple so that even if they were a beginner, mm -hmm. it would take you maybe two or three minutes to understand how it actually works. Okay. Um, learning curve is really, really small. That's one of the nice things about the Arabis is you don't have to learn the ins and outs of a computer as well as scanning software as mm -hmm. well as something else. You just literally just push the button and it, and it speaks. We, we were talking about uh, wanting to explain to people about using tables with these uh, two. Is that something that if the table is not real complicated, they could probably do? Or If you have like an invoice or uh, say an electric bill or something, it, it kind of depends on how the table is laid out. Again, it's made to read columns or, or books, so traditionally it just reads up and down, so you can't mm -hmm. force it to go left and right. So usually you'll just have one column read, then the next column as you, whatever you have underneath that column selector. But the beauty of this is if there's something that's really complex, like a chart or some other text that normal OCR wouldn't pick up, it's still a CCTV. So if, if you can't read it because the, the item you're trying to read is so complex, just simply magnify and read the chart with the with your vision. Like if I take uh, my banking statement, for example, it has all the dates on the left-hand side and then four or five inches of little periods or little dots right. over to the uh, actual amount. Something like that is probably going to read the dates up and down, and then over on the right, it's going to read the amounts up and down. So that might be a little tricky with speech, but you do have the ability with the Vocatex Plus to put little blinders on, or highlighters even, to be able to see just that column to make it easy to follow oh, okay. along in case uh, the speech won't go with it. There, there's potentially some ways, uh, particularly with the Vocatech, that you might be able to get make out more of that. person does need to understand it is a CCTV. It's not a OCR package uh, like, say, uh, Kurzweil Open Book or something like that. Yeah, I think it's important to understand, you know, it's not going to export PDFs. Uh, right. The super things that are complex, that's, you know, and that's all you're doing. Maybe there are some other systems out there. You know, in fact, we sell other capture systems. So obviously there's not one solution for mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you we've had a businessman and he was using the Arabis to read invoices and things. Well, it didn't always read everything all across for him. It was still a good solution for him. So mm -hmm. I think that there are definitely a large amount of benefits, especially if most of your reading is not bill-related or table-related. Right. Most of it's just regular text, which I would guess 95% of our customers, that's what they're doing. One of the big areas where I think we would probably agree that is really great is for the person that does have a lot of eye strain, uh, yet they can have it up there on the screen and have the text read to them. But if there are diagrams or tables, that's why where the CCTV part of it will come in and they can use their vision to see those things. Exactly. I, I kind of think of it as if they only needed speech, they wouldn't even have the CCTV. For someone especially who is totally blind, 
I would say this is definitely not the solution because you have to have some vision in order to, if you have columns, to be able to select the column. And if you couldn't see that column selector at all, then it would create a lot of problems. If somebody who's very low vision or or has a lot of vision, it's a good solution. The two devices, we're the exclusive U.S. distributor, so they're sold through all of our dealer network, but the actual devices are made by a company called Cobavision inside of uh, Belgium. And the designer is a 62-year-old man who has macular degeneration. If you want more information, one thing I would definitely suggest you do is go to our website at gwmicro.com, and you can click on the low vision link, or if you're using a screen reader, you can activate the low vision link, and it will take you to uh, information about both of the units. There are videos there on both of the units. Uh, we also have an icon on our homepage that will take you directly to our YouTube channel. So in case you've forgotten, the YouTube uh, link is youtube.com slash gwmicro. We're always coming up with new inventions, and, and lots of times People find out about these things on our email list, but don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash gwmicro or Facebook at facebook.com slash gwmicro. And many times when we have new videos, we'll post them there as well. Explain to us a little bit about the new training videos that you are doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the How Do I Do That video tutorial. We um, have noted that there are, are quite a few people who have very specific tasks that they want to accomplish, but they don't want to have to listen to you know, three hours of a tutorial or six hours of a tutorial to be able to find that information. Well, well, those tutorials are really good. I mean, we have a windowized tutorial. We wanted to define simple, specific tasks that we can do in a short uh, period of time and make little mini tutorials out of them. The uh, How Do I Do That series is uh, based on those types of things. And not only does it have completely accessible audio. It also has video with all sorts of little special effects to help sighted people with it as well, because everything is you know, using window eyes with something. One of them is how to insert a, an attachment using Outlook 2010. One of them is opening and saving attachment. One of them is how do you use the ribbon in Office 2010. Mm -hmm. So you can listen to them independently and get information and learn how to do things, or if you've got a sighted friend, colleague, coworker, teacher, they can get stuff out of it too. And it just really brings it all together. So we're really excited about all these. And we've put out quite a few of these past few weeks, and, and I know there will be quite a few more coming down sure. the pipeline. We've made it so you can stream them. It's an accessible stream. We made sure all the buttons and everything speak. Or you can download them so they're all in an MP4 format, which Windows Media Player will run just fine, or uh, iTunes or whoever you want to use. Or they're also on our YouTube channel. And additionally, we also podcast them. So if you are uh, subscribed to our podcast, you'll get them instantaneously. And some of the more complex ones, like the ribbon, there's no way to make it, you know, three minutes or four minutes. It's about 17 minutes long just to go over some of the basics, but most right. of the others are, you know, seven minutes or under. And our, right. our goal is to try and keep them between five and 10 minutes at most. Mm -hmm. And you can get uh, information on that if you go to gwmicro.com slash training. There's information about various uh, windowized training packages. And then there's a link there called tutorials, and it will link you to the um, How Do I Do That series where you can stream down download as well as uh, links to other tutorials we've done on windowized apps and uh, the actual full windowized tutorial well thank you again jeremy thanks for having <laughs> us Joe Steinkamp reporting live from San Diego with Season 12. I'm still trying to get used to this 12-2012 thing. Derek, 
maybe you could help me. Derek from AI Squared here to talk about. And b before we get started, full disclosure, you're a hell of a gamer, aren't you, man? <laughs> I am. I'm eagerly anticipating the Mass Effect 3 release. I think it's next week. Yeah, so. you're going to do the Connect version? You're going to yell at your television? You know what? I'll probably forego the Connect. But, uh, but, uh, it, it for accessibility, cool. you should do the Connect. That's true. Very true. <laughs> but we're here to talk about ZoomText 10. It's now out. It's there. It's great. What's what's all about ZoomText 10 in, uh, in the new release? Well, Joe, we've got a number of new features in 10, uh, one of which, and I think the most exciting, is the ZoomText camera feature, oh, cool. which allows you to use any high-definition webcam that you've connected to your computer and actually view printed material on screen. So think of you know your desktop CCTV and how that works. Right. Um, you have a similar set of features with the ZoomText camera. And now you're not having to switch back and forth between two programs anymore. You're doing it all from within ZoomText. Exactly. Built into ZoomText 10, uh, you can see a split screen or a full screen view of the camera. Um, you have different color filtering modes, and obviously you can zoom in and out. We're selling a camera and stand bundle uh, for $149 that comes with a Logitech C615 webcam and a custom-built camera stand to allow you to easily position that camera right above the printed material that you're reading. And then you've got the support from, from the team if you have issues or connections because you've been working with that as your kind of default, I guess. Exactly right. But you can use, you can use any webcam. Um, I always tell people, though, if you want to use it the way that it's intended, buy our camera and stand, it's going to save you a lot of hassle uh, and aggravation in your setup. And, uh, you know, it's a great, inexpensive, and portable solution for someone that needs a CCTV on the road or might just not have the desk space for a traditional CCTV. Absolutely. Uh, there's also some new enhancements. Uh, we've got some support for new programs in ZoomText 10, right? Yeah, we added support. We did a lot of work with iTunes uh, and got rid of some, some nasty bugs that we had in older versions. So iTunes support, both reading and performance-wise, uh, is a lot better. We did a number of other things that are escaping me right now, but suffice to say that... It's, it's been a long day in the booth. Yeah, I'm, I'm catching Derek somewhere <laughs> towards the end, so... Uh, is uh, updated support for Internet Explorer 9 coming. Uh, there's some other great stuff with um, some of the uh, Firefox and other web browsers, so there's some other great things going on there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Internet Explorer 9 is, is a good one to mention, Joe. We are uh, anticipating having full X font and reading support for IE9 uh, in the next couple months, probably looking at in late April, early May release for that. Definitely. Um, so of course, all the normal ones uh, in Outlook and, and, and all the stuff in 2010, it works flawlessly. Yep. And uh, some of the programs that you would normally find on the internet, like you said, iTunes. Um, I think one of the things that uh, is interesting is that you may do more with this camera than just kind of video magnification. Yeah, we, we're, we're cooking up a, a few other ideas, uh, one of which is coming later this year, which is a, a companion product to ZoomText called Image Reader. And what Image Reader will do is allow you to take a picture of printed material and then have it read back to you. So it will OCR the document and read it back to you all within ZoomText. Um, that package will contain both a software component and a dedicated document camera to do the OCR. That's exciting stuff. All from one program. All from one program. Uh, also, we've got here, of course, Zoom Reader that's going on, and we've got some other products that are going on as well. Yeah, a couple other things. We, ha we have Zoom Contacts for the iPad. Right. Um, for iPad users out there that want to get a large print version of their contact app, Zoom Contacts is only $4.99. I actually think it's on sale this week for $0.99 cents for the show. That's a good buy. Uh, which is a great buy. 
um, has high contrast color modes and keyboard schemes. And you can bring the, the fonts app. up to uh, 64. Uh, it's like really huge. You can yeah. Make, you can make those things. It's a great, simple little app for people that, that need a large print version of the contact app. Along with that, um, we've, we're also just starting to sell a brand new handheld video magnifier called the I Love You. And so it's, it's very similar to, to what you've seen out there before, but this product has you know, tremendous visual clarity, both in contrast, uh, its motion. It comes with uh, 12 different magnification levels, all the way up to 32X, which is higher than any other product on the market. Um, has six different color filtering modes, comes with an SD card to take pictures, and also has a TV out to connect it to either a television or a monitor. Perfect when you're on the road in a hotel wanting to read that menu on a much bigger screen. Exactly, right? great point. Great yeah. point. Well, Derek, I appreciate your time. Uh, where can people find out more information about all the stuff we've talked about? Go to our website, uh, aisquared.com. You can find all the information there on all of our products. Sign up for a webinar or check out our YouTube videos. Thank you, Derek. For uh, CSUN 2012, this is Joe Steinkamp reporting for the Saratog Podcast Network. Live in San Diego for CSUN 2012, I'm Ricky Inger for the Saratog Podcast Network. And with me, I have A.L. Binshock from Looktel. Hello. Hey. hey, how are you? Great to have you on the podcast. You guys are doing some really interesting things. I remember my first introduction to uh, Looktel was the money reader for the uh, iOS devices. Yep. And yeah. you guys have had that for a couple of years. What's uh, what's pricing on that currently? Uh, it's nine ninety nine. Let's say it's it's a standard pricing, and uh, it'll be that way for a while. Excellent. How many? Uh, what currencies does that recognize currently? You began with U.S. currency, and I know you've expanded since then. Yeah. Um, we on top of U.S. currency, we've added uh, the British pound, the euro, Australian dollar, and Canadian dollar. And then our next update. Um, you know, you can look for uh, a, a couple more currencies um, and then maybe some more currencies beyond that. What we've done is actually um, find out that the communities in other countries are willing to go out and uh, get really high quality database usable images of the currencies and they're sending us the complete databases. Uh, we bring them in, process them, uh, you know, do what we do to make it as reliable as what the community is seen with Money Reader, and then we can add those in. So the next update will be one of the first um, uses of kind of a community crowdsourced um, database situation. So we're excited to, to kind of add um, currency from other countries uh, that way and, and see how that goes. Oh, for sure. And, and crowdsourcing is a really nice way to approach things because uh, you don't have to do all the work, and uh, the community sort of has a vested interest in making it work well. Right. Aside from the uh, the money reader, you've just announced a brand new product called Looktel Recognizer. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, give us a first. Give us an overview of how this works. What is this? So Looktel Recognizer is kind of an evolution from Money Reader. It's the same technology, instant recognition, uh, but now we're doing all kinds of products: uh, packaged goods, CDs, um, you, know, you name it. Uh, we can even do landmarks or signs in front of stores. 
these kinds of things. The difference between money reader and recognizer is that you will have to train the database in recognizer yourself because the items that you want to recognize are so personal to you, um, and then groceries are so um, you know so different in different regions of the country. So you know a, a small town in Kentucky is going to have a very different brand. We'll usually have different brands of milk and eggs and these kinds of things uh, versus Los Angeles or you know right. uh, other places. Uh, what we have done is created the ability to share databases, uh, and right now the app has that. You can email databases, so users can kind of create their database and, and email it to another user, share those, or um, you know, an assistant or remote, you know, a remote assistant create a database on their device and then email it to um, someone else. We want to expand on that functionality, and that'll probably be one of the first updates you see is something that's a lot more efficient uh, with potentially a central repository where users can upload their databases, uh, share them as a community, and create a commu- community-driven uh, database repository. Um, so in essence, you'd be able to create kind of a cleaning supplies database or a cans database or maybe a regional database. So um, you know, Santa Barbara region could have a database that's really relevant to items in Santa Barbara. And someone would be able to download Recognizer uh, and then go on to this repository, pull in the database that are relevant to them, uh, and hit the ground running. They can add their own items on top of that. Um, so we're, we're starting to talk about uh, building that system and, and, and the best ways to do that, and we're really interested in hearing from the community about that. We've already heard uh, plenty in, in the past few days, and yeah, we're really, I'm really sure excited uh, about the input that we're getting. That's, I mean, that's the most important aspect, uh, and that's, that's how we develop is based on, on the community's voice. I think it's good to see a company who is listening to what the community wants. What does a user get initially with Lotel Recognizer? Is there a very basic database, or do you begin building your own database uh, without anything, you know, initially there? So there is no database. Uh, you build your own database. Right. Um, you know, you can go shopping, bring back your items. Say you have 40 items. Um, and it's about a half an hour of work, train the items, and then from then on, your grocery items will always be there. So you can eat your, you know, goldfish crackers, throw the box away, go to the store, buy another one, and it'll just still work. So, you know, you can kind of think of it as a labeler, but instead of having to label the item every time you bring it home, you do it one time, it's, you know, 10, 15 seconds to do it, and then it will always recognize that item. What is the process for training the software to recognize something? How many images have to be taken and that sort of thing? Uh, you really only need to take one image of the product. Uh, you can take an image of the front of the product uh, where the, you know, the, the branding graphics are. That's usually where the, the most robust features are. You take it, so you point the, the phone at that, you double tap the screen, it'll tell you to hold still, snap the photo, and then you just simply record your description with your voice. So you could simply say goldfish crackers, or you could get more in-depth with you know, how many calories or whatever. Some people are actually putting um, ingredients or directions on how to prepare the food in their descriptions. Um, but essentially, you know, what most people are doing is just recording a description. Uh, once that's done, it'll save it and it'll, you know, it'll work from then on. It, it can be done in about 10 seconds. So I think a lot of people were concerned that this was the sort of app that was absolutely going to require sighted assistance to train the software as to what a particular product is, it doesn't sound like that's necessarily true if, if you're a blind person who has developed good camera techniques. So if you're, if you're able to snap at least some of those branding graphics, it's going to be trained well enough to recognize that product in the future. Is that accurate? 
That yeah, that's relatively accurate. So the technology uh, truly depends on the quality of the photo you're taking. So we want to see the entire item in the image uh, without any background or a very clean background, right. uh, and uh, with uh, a lot of light in the room, uh, and make sure the camera's focused. Um, we do recommend the sighted uh, user take those images just because you know they'll be able to see that that you know all those uh, situations yeah, are you're probably going to get a better photo yes them. and so the better the photo the better the technology will work the the further away you can be from the item and still recognize it and the more robust but uh, you know we've seen the discussions we're well aware of you know what the community is saying and, and you know we did anticipate that but we are seeing a lot of users uh, doing it on their own with, with great success and we're really excited to see that um, so, you know, we're, we're saying we recommend site assistance, but if you want to go ahead and, and do it on your own, um, I would say, you know, read the documentation on the website. It's, it's going to have a lot of tips and, and very helpful information, uh, and, and that should be, you know, good enough to get a lot of users um, moving on their own. Very good. So what's next for Looktel? What can we look forward to in the future? Uh, so Recognizer is very much in a 1.0 phase. Uh, we have a lot of features we want to add to it. Um, first and foremost, you know, creating the sharing uh, environment that's going to be a lot more useful. Uh, and there's a few other features there. Beyond that, we have an app, uh, a GPS-based app, uh, that we uh, hope to release by sometime around the end of summer, maybe sooner. Um, so that's something to look forward to, uh, and that's something to keep an eye out on us uh, right. to, to get more information as, as time moves on. Um, you know, we'll, we'll release a little bit of information on the website and maybe on our Twitter, uh, which you just can follow us at Lotel, uh, simply at Lotel. Um, and, you know, there are actually quite a few projects we're working on uh, that potentially will be developing the apps. Uh, we work very closely with alpha and, and beta groups, uh, with a lot of different technologies and things that seem to work really well uh, kind of evolve into products. Um, so we're looking at, you know, hopefully a, a few releases in, in the coming uh, months and, and years. Good um, deal. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that as well. <laughs> this is fantastic stuff. So people can keep up with you on Twitter at LookDelf. And uh, how about a website where people can get information as well? It's www.looktel.com. We also have a forum you can access through our website uh, that we've launched recently and hoping that will become a, a resource where you just can kind of come and ask questions, trade tips on how to use recognizer training technique and, um, you know, reach out to us and ask us questions. Um, uh, like I said before, it's really important to hear what the community is saying and, uh, you know, we feel it, it, there's no better way than, than keeping, keeping that community close. You got it. Well, thank you, Ale, for spending a little time with us and uh, very much appreciate the information. We'll be keeping an eye on Looktel for sure. Thank you. Awesome. For the Sarah Talk Podcast Network, I'm Ricky Inger. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of speed dialing on your iPhone. I've actually wanted to do this for quite a while and I was browsing on the App Store and I came across a fairly interesting app which seems to do the job for me at least. And I thought, well, why not? I might as well do a demonstration of it. The app is actually called Car Dialer. But what I find is if you search for what it gets installed as, which is Speed for Touch, so it's capital S P E E D, 
the number four, touch, T-A-U-C-H, so speed for touch. If you search for that on the App Store, what you'll get is car dialer, comma, speed for touch. And that's actually the name of the application. And from memory, I think at least Australian dollars or cents, it was about 99 cents. And what it basically does is gives you 20 numbers on one screen from 1 to 20 that you can associate a speed dial with. So I wanted to show you how the app works, how to add numbers to each of those preset numbers from 1 to 20. So let me say that I've got my iPhone 4S in this case turned on, voiceover is running, and I'm currently sitting at the home screen that contains the speed dial application. So let me just touch on the speed for touch application. Speed for touch. Okay, speed for touch. One finger double tap to open it. Speed for touch. And basically, if I do a one finger flick to the right to move through the application. Contact list button. Okay, that's the contact list. That's to add contacts to the numbers on the screen. And then if I flick to the right again. 20 dimmed, but 19 dimmed, but 18 dimmed, button. 17 dimmed button and someone down towards the bottom of the screen and basically it's rows so let me come down towards the bottom of the application three button okay so that now says three button so it doesn't say dim which means i've actually done a preset on it if i flick to the left four button that one's also four flick to the left again five dimmed button and now we're on the dimmed numbers that don't have any preset settings so if i come down to number four four button and tap my finger just down below it, drag my finger down. VA voicemail. Okay, that's VA voicemail. I'll come back up to four. Four, button. Drag my finger across to number three. Three, button. Drag my finger down right below number three, button. Bar Gosford. That's VA Gosford, and that's my direct number to dial reception at my work at Vision Australia Gosford office in New South Wales, Australia. So the nice thing about this is that what happens visually is that each of those numbers has the preset name underneath that button. So, for example, if I just want to quickly run my finger back to four. Three, button, four, button. And I know that four by memory is my VA voicemail, then I can actually do a, do a one finger double tap and I'll dial that number directly. So if I do that now, I'm just going to do one finger double tap. Phone, VA voicemail. Work. Welcome to and I'll just hang up. Okay, so let me just go back into the Speed for Touch application. So I'm just going to use my app switcher. So one finger double tap on the home button, so to speak. App switcher, Speed for Touch. And there it is, one finger double tap. Speed for Touch. Okay, so that's basically how the application will dial a number that's already in there. So as you can tell, when it says empty, there's no preset number there. When it just says four button, three button, two button, one button, etc., you've got a number in there already. And below each button is the name of the contact that our button will dial. Let's go back to the contacts button at the top of the screen. Contact list button. There's okay, so a contact list button. One finger double tap. Speed for touch. Keyboard. Back button. And let me flip through the contacts. Contact list. Exit. Button. One. Ellen Woodbridge. Home. Four. Three. Two. Not two. Ellen Woodbridge. Mobile. Three. Bar Gosford. Work. Four. VA voicemail. Work. Five. Empty. And five empty. Just in case I wanted to double check. 
which number I was up to. And of course, I could actually just drag my finger around the screen, so I'll do that now. One, Ellenwood Bridge, home. Two, Ellenwood Bridge, mobile. Three, Vug Gosford, work. Four, VA voicemail, work. Five, empty. Okay, that was just me dragging my finger down the screen. Okay, so let's edit number five. So I'll take my finger down to five again. Three, four, five, empty. One finger double tap on five. All contacts. Choose a contact to add to speak for touch. Okay, and so I'm going to add a contact. Okay, I'm just going to take my finger over to the right-hand side and come down slightly from the top of the screen to find the table index. Cancel button. Table index adjustable. And what I'm going to do is add the VA customer contact number for Vision Australia to speed dial number five. So I'm going to do one finger flick down. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. Selected. And of course, what I could have done was just did a search for VA, etc. So I touch the screen in the middle of the screen. Varka Young Reception. Then I'm going to flick to the left. Var Gosford. VA Contact Center. That's it. VA Contact Center. One finger double tap. Info. Choose a number to add to speak for touch. Okay, and then I'm going to flick to the All contacts, number. info, heading, cancel, button, image, VA contact center, work, 13008474666. And that's indeed the number, so one finger double tap. Keyboard, back button. And it's basically put it in there. So if I drag my finger down the screen. 1, L, 2, Ellen would 3, Vargos, 4, VA, 5, VA contact center, work. Okay, so it's one, three, zero, zero, back keyboard, top, back button. Keyboard, back button. And finger double tap. Speed for touch. Heading. And let's come down to number five on the keypad. It's going to touch the middle of the screen. Ten. Dimmed. Six. Dimmed. Button. Five. Button. And there's five. And of course, if I come straight down below five. VA contact center. There's the VA contact center that I've just put in for speed dialing. Now, remember when I said when you just touch the button. So let's go touch a button. Six. Dimmed. Five. Button. Okay, so five button. Four. Button. Four says four. Three. Button. Three says three. If you've got a good memory, you can remember what they are directly, or you can drag your finger down below the button. The issue that I've got with the application is if I flick to the right. Two. Button. Two buttons fine. One. Button. One button's fine. If I do it again now. VA voicemail. Varg Gosford. Ellenwood Bridge. And now what it's doing. Ellenwood Bridge. It's actually reading out the headings for those buttons, so it can get a little bit confusing. But just be aware that if you're flicking around, particularly moving between rows, then you're going to get the icons speaking underneath the numbers as well. So I thought that was a worthwhile demonstration to share with folks. It's certainly one that I'll be using. I find it very useful to have preset numbers just in one screen, in one application. It works fairly well, and I thought I'd share with you today. Okay, so let me just press the Home button to come out of the application. Speed for touch. And that concludes this demonstration. If you've got any other questions about Apple accessibility, please contact the Deputy Technology Help Desk at Vision Australia on 1300 847 466. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. That's going to conclude our show for today. Thank you very much for being with us today on Main Menu. On behalf of myself, Chase Crispin, our executive producer, and the Main Menu staff, we wish you a great week, and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu.